Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, I want to help you dig through the weeds and get to the roots of what may be holding you back from growing and succeeding in your industry. The mindset when you have to overcome when things don't go your way. So join me in the woods. Welcome to a special edition of In the Woods. I'm James Woods, a.k.a. William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series and co-founder of Majave. Uh, if you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, join me in the woods. So today what I like to do is kind of switch it up a little bit. Uh, I usually have a guest come on the show and we speak about their career what they've done to achieve their path, their mentors, their resources, and their journey in their industry on how they became successful. What I want to do is every six, seven episodes or so is kind of get a little bit more personal, you know, conversations that I might have had with friends or family members or colleagues or listeners. And just this is my chance to answer any questions that they might have had or just kind of talk about some prior conversations or interviews that I might have had. If you want to learn a little bit more about yourself, uh, my experiences, my way of thinking, In the Woods was kind of my way of sharing from all the mentorships and life situations and experiences that I've gone through, you know, my, my wins and my losses, because I, I want everyone to win. And there's a, an abundance mentality that you kind of have to have in life. You have to believe that there's room for all of us at the top. There's always enough for everybody to eat at the table. So by taking a moment to kind of get lost in the woods and my thought process, we can all find and create our own purpose in life. So by using my experiences, there's a thing that I I like to kind of focus on. There's the master uh, student relationship in martial arts. There's the mentor, mentee. There's the teacher, student, and school. But there's a, a, a correlation as you progress in life where one day you want to become that next level. So in mentorship with successful people throughout my life, I was that student before I became in a position where people wanted to hear and listen to what I had to say. So by being an example of how different techniques and skill sets and thought process kind of translate from different areas in my life. Uh, I've been very successful in the esports realm. I had a global a corporation called Most Valuable Gaming that we had the number one Super Smash Brothers team in the world. I owned one of the first e- online esports magazines, many in my past life. I've helped a lot of different athletes, uh, esports athletes, become world champions in different fields from Gears of War to Super Smash Brothers, just from a management side, not as a teaching amount of play. I've been very successful as a writing consultant. And in the beginning of my career, not even career, and jobs, when I first moved to New York, I must have had, I think I wrote it down, it was about 25, 30 jobs in a six, seven year period. Gradually went up and I worked in so many different industries and so many different fields. And all those different experiences kind of helped me get a better understanding on what worked and what didn't work. So my thing now is I'm, I'm starting to pursue something that I've always been very skilled at, I've very been passionate about. It's actually my real passion. I'm very good in the tech world. I've worked for many different Fortune 500 companies, tons of different startups over the last 
decade and a half, two decades. But now I'm starting to pursue my, my interest and passion in writing as a published author. And I also want to start this podcast kind of so I can share my information. I've been in meetings with very successful people, common day people, and I, I just want to show that the concepts that you learn from all the jobs and all the experience that you have in life translate when you do want to go into a different career. So there's some prerequisites when you go, when you want to uh, move up into a different career. Um, a lot of people have this saying, oh, if you, know, if you work really hard, you know, if you go to school, you get your education, you get your degree, then you'll be successful. You live the life of your dreams. Working hard is a prerequisite to success. Without working hard, you have no chance. So to kind of put that in perspective, I have friends and family members and people in my family and their parents who work really hard, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, but they're still stuck in the situation they're in. So working hard is not the only thing in regards to being successful. Then there are people that say, you know, working smart, you want to streamline your processes, you want to learn everything about your field. That's also another one of those prerequisites. You have to be smart in every decision that you use, that you do. This is, life is chess, not checkers. You literally have to think many steps ahead. You know, when you're working on something now, taking those daily steps each and every day, so that one day you will get to where you are, but you have to have a vision of exactly where you wanna go or you're never gonna get there. And another thing that people uh, kind of speak about is, it's not what you know, it's who you know. What you know is very important because you have to specialize in whatever you decide to do you want to be successful at. Who you know helps because you have to build that network. But who you know is not enough. It's more so about who knows you. You can work at a company and know the CEO, but will that CEO be willing to open those doors and open up his network and uh, access to his circle to help you succeed in what you're doing? Will that CEO be willing to take time out of his day to mentor you? Does he see something in you so that investing his precious time in you will be, it may not be a benefit to him, but he doesn't want to feel like he's wasting his time and helping you achieve the things that you are. So he wants to see that you're, you're serious about the things that you want to do. So there's a lot of different aspects that, and things that I kind of want to debunk about how to become successful. So in a prior episode um, uh, with Stelia, which you can go back, I think it was episode five or six, um, I spoke about how there was a six-month period of time where, our, and the situation would happen and I lost everything. I lost my job, I lost my school, I lost my wife at the time. Uh, my car was repoed and I lost the housing I was staying in. And because of that, I had to do a lot of odd jobs. I was doing door-to-door, King Cullen, Deli, Stearns, and a plethora of different jobs. But in losing everything, I realized that I had found what I truly wanted. And I realized I also had to learn, relearn everything to achieve what I truly wanted, not what other people wanted for me. So when I went to the tech field, I actually went to Georgia Tech because my a high school professor that I really had a lot of respect for, Coach Charles, basically pulled me aside after final one day and told me, you know, you're really good. You're really good at math and science. Uh, I think you should go to Georgia Tech. That was the only reason I went to the tech field. But my true passion was always 
writing, whether it be poetry, whether it be bios, whether it be scripts, whether it be plays, whether it would be books, novels, whatever it is. So when I lost everything, I kind of started rethinking about what I wanted. I still wasn't going into the writing at that time or the tech, but in my late teens to early 20s, I had no clue what I wanted, but I knew what I was doing was not going to be sufficient for the things that I wanted to do in life. So there was a period that I was staying out in a town called Bellport, and it was a library out there, and I had reached a very low spot in my life. And to kind of get over that, I went back into uh, writing and reading, but I kind of went extreme. So what I did was every Sunday I would go to the library, I would get seven books. First book I actually read was a speed reading course. I, I know how, but it was more of just understanding how to read a lot of information and retain it, not so much just reading fast. So that's kind of one of the misconceptions with uh, speed reading. So. I basically read one full book a day. So I would go to work my eight hours and then I literally would spend the remaining of the night until I finished five, six, seven hours to read a book. And I literally, that was like my second part-time job was reading a book a day for six months. I wasn't reading any fiction. There was no stories. I wasn't reading Stephen King or Dean Coombs. I was reading books to build myself up, whether it be sciences, math, tech, uh, learning about people, government, philosophies, thought process, anything that I could kind of get my hand off that would kind of improve my mindset because I I was working jobs where I was able to pay bills and each job that I took was a, paid a little bit more than the prior job that I was at, but it wasn't enough where I was going to make a real dent and getting to where I wanted to be. So after those first six months of literally reading a book a day every day, then what I did was a little bit that's more realistic is to this day, I've read a book a week for the last 15 years, rather be PDFs, uh, articles, but I literally read at least, I would say a hundred to 150, sometimes more pages every few days. So if you do 50 pages a day, which a lot of people think that's a lot, it's really not. But if you read 50 pages a day over a seven-day period of time, that's any book. It's just a matter of you have to stay consistent. You wake up, you read a little bit, you read some during your lunch break, you read some in the evening or anytime you might have, you know, read some articles on your phone or a specific book that you have that you want to learn more information. Uh, I also started going, you know, I wanted to get into tech. I didn't finish uh, in college at Georgia Tech, so I wanted to learn more about the tech field. So I started reading a lot of tech books, and I also started getting accounts at egghead.io, uh, started going to Udemy. I have over 176 courses on Udemy. Uh, started using Pluralsight that a lot of the jobs and the contracts that I had had accounts that I could use. So I made use of what my job was giving me so that I could better my situation. So a big thing is sometimes you have to kind of reevaluate what you're doing in life. Some people continue doing what they're doing because they're just being complacent where they are. They're not happy where they are, but it's comfortable. And comfort is the number one uh, damage uh, tool in killing 
success. Because the moment you become complacent, you don't really work hard at trying to improve yourself or improve your situation. You're just coasting through life, you can say. So and doing a lot of these these research and reading these books and speaking to all these people, I started getting a better understanding of what I wanted, who I was. And I needed that. Um, so in finding myself over the years, tech became a passion, but it wasn't the one all-consuming passion of what I wanted to do with life. So I've had a very successful career in the tech world, working for many different major companies from Ann Taylor and uh, I have NDAs, so I'm not sure exactly which ones I can say, but I've worked with quite a few, I would say maybe a dozen Fortune 500 companies throughout my career. But one thing that I have learned is to learn what you really want to do, you sometimes have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do because it's one of it's the philosophy of you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know if you're passionate about something unless you try it. So I always tell people, especially in your late teens, early 20s, to get out there and do everything. Rather be travel, rather be do different jobs, rather be different experiences, skydive, scuba dive, whatever. Try a lot of things because you'll never truly know exactly what you love. You can see it on Instagram. You can see it on TV. But until you physically go out there and do it, you're not going to know what is that one thing that you're passionate about. So losing everything, I hopefully that you don't have to lose everything to get to a point where you want to figure out exactly what it is. But that was what it was in my case. Another thing, uh, second topic I kind of want to go over is a thing that I, I speak to a lot of people about when I mentor them is you have to learn how to be the best at something, not the best at everything to succeed in your career. When you go work at any job, personally, every job that I've been at, I have never been the best programmer on the team that I've been on. Never. But when a company hires you, they're hiring you because you have a certain skill set and you can get the job done. So when you can get that job done, if that's the if that's your base and that's that's kind of what you're basing everything upon is just the skill set of doing a specific job, then there's nothing about you that's going to stand out to an employer. So one of the most important things in a job is you have to give them what is the value to you, to the company, on why they should keep you around or why they should promote you. So my thing is, I know when I go to a job, chances are I'm not going to be the best developer on a team. Some people have college degrees, master degrees, PhDs. They work with different technologies and they focus on a specific Java, JavaScript, whatever the technology is. So that's what they're great at. I have found through my experience, one of the skill sets that I'm very good at is people skills. So in my tech lead position, I can always get in and get my hands dirty. I'm at an architect level so that I can always get the project done. But I also have an ability to work with other people. It's the solve skills. So when you have five people and they're all the exact same across the board, same school, same education, same skill set, same speed in developing the, the code, there has to be something that helps you stand out. And one of the things that I've focused on is I want the team that I work on 
to wake up in the morning and want to come in. It's kind of a philosophy that I, I, I live by. I want to train and work with my team so that they can leave because they have all these new skills, but I want to treat them so that it never even crosses their mind. So when they come into work, they're like, man, I know James is going to be the silly guy today. He's going to do something. If I have an issue, I know I can peer program with him and he can kind of help me to um, to get whatever I need to get done. So you don't feel like you're alone. I, I, I help people to relax. I, I help people with, you know, if they're being overwhelmed, I take over what they're doing for a little bit to, you know, so they can go take a break. I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm the chill boss. But when you were hired, I also you have to have the understanding that I hired you because I knew you could do the job. If I'm not around, can I trust you that you can get the job done? So in my case, my best at something is my people skills. I make people feel comfortable. I, uh, I can coach them. I can mentor them. I can brainstorm with them so that I can get the job done. I keep a very light aura around the entire team. One thing that I've heard from some of the companies that I've worked at is people can tell when I'm in the office because you can hear my team laughing. And anytime you're in a creative space, rather be developer graphic design, a happy team is a very productive team because the moment people st become uh, stressed or, you know, with deadlines or whatever it may be, they're not focusing or working at their, at their highest potential. So those are one of the things that I try to alleviate. Um, another thing is, uh, the third point I kind of want to go over is a thing, I've had this conversation about the differences between self-employment and business ownership. So it's great. I have my nine to five, I work during the day, I have my specific paycheck, but there's a cap on exactly how much you can make because you're only gonna be paid based upon what your job is worth, never on you know what you're worth. So one thing that I kind of recommend to people just to try it out, uh, rather be uh, start, you know, some type of side business or whatever it may be, something you're passionate about, just after hours, just start to do something. Because as long as you have a drive to do something new, there's always that, that energy and motivation within yourself so that when you wake up in the morning, you know it's not just your job, you have something else. So that's one thing that's kind of helped me always continue to level up. Um, so back to the difference between self-employment and business owner, it can basically be summed up in one question. When you wake up in the morning, do you physically have to open the door to make money? So there's a I'll give you an example. If you're a doctor and you're a sole practitioner, you physically have to open a door and work with your clients or you don't make any money. That's self-employed. Now, if you're a doctor and you own a practice and you have other doctors that work for you so that God forbid something happened for you, the door still open. Those doctors can still help the customers and the clients so that that business is still making money if you're there or not. Obviously, you know, you need to be there when you can and, you know, manage things. But your building was called an, an asset. And that's what business ownership is. Business ownership is. God forbid anything happens to me or I want to take a vacation. I don't have the stress about oh, if I don't come in today, will my company fall apart? Will it fall out? That is kind of different between self-employment and business ownership from, from a very simple level. Now, when you have a job or you own a business, 
one thing in regards to moving up and improving your situation is you have to understand it from both aspects, from the business owner aspect and also from the employee aspect. There's a natural conflict of interest between being self-employed and being a business owner. The business wants to maximize their profit and minimize the losses, whereas the employee wants to maximize their profit and minimize the losses. So an employee wants to make more money and work less time, whereas an employer wants to pay you less and take more of your time. So there's a conflict of interest where there's a negotiation and a battle between you that we need the job wants you to work more and pay you less. So you have to give them a reason to want to pay you more. So the point that I'm trying to get to is you, you have to find a way to kind of add value and show that value to the client, your job, because no matter how great, how experienced, how skilled you are, at the end of the day, everyone's replaceable. If God forbid anything happens to you, there's a line of people behind you waiting for your position. So you have to give the company a reason to want to keep you or to have you stay around so that their losses, which is paying you, is, is sufficient enough so that they don't eliminate or get rid of you. Another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is a lot of people are hung up on not succeeding because they're afraid of failure. You have to embrace failure. Failure is the one thing that it teaches you who you are, what you're made of, and it teaches you what doesn't work. So there's there's a saying, find someone that is where you want to be in life, find out what they did, do exactly what they did, no shortcuts, and one day you'll have what they have. The reason that that's so important in finding someone who is where you are is because you want to learn from someone else's failures. If you can find a mentor or a YouTube video or someone who's willing to share that information with you, that will expedite your success uh, in whatever field that you are, because you're not going to spend days, weeks, months, years trying to figure out what it takes to succeed. Now, in regards to that failure versus quit, I don't believe anyone fails. They just quit. As long as you continuously work, and when I say work, I don't mean insanity where you're doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results and you just keep failing. You have to fail, reevaluate exactly what didn't work and not do that again. So next time you have to try something different. That's what I mean between the, the you have to continuously fail. It's, it's kind of a precursor of one day eventually winning. I know there's a story of Thomas Edison. He did, I don't know, was it 100 or 1,000 experiments before he finally got the one light bulb? That is a perfect example of the failure and the quit. Because if he would have quit, maybe one day someone would have figured out the light bulb. But he failed over and over and over and over again and never quit, knowing that he was getting a little bit closer on each experiment until he eventually figured it out. When there's there's a, a metaphor, this story about this this guy who buys a plot of land, uh, thinking that you know there's supposed to be gold and diamonds there. So he sits there and he digs 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 for weeks and months, and he's digging and digging. He's not getting anything. He's like, man, I just wasted all my money. So what happens is one day he he basically quits and he say, you know what, I'm just gonna sell this plot of land to someone for dirt cheap. There's a guy who's like, man, I'll take this plot of land. He's not even thinking about the gold. 
He just thinking he has a nice plot of land. So he said, you know what? I'll, I'll bay it for you. So he's trying to figure out exactly why the guy was digging. He goes and he's like, you know what? Maybe there is something here. So he goes and digs and digs and digs. So what happens is the guy who quit didn't realize he was so close. He was literally feet away from hitting the mother load jackpot of all treasures. And this other guy basically kind of was rewarded for the other guy's effort by learning everything that he did, all the failures that he had. And he just continuously kept trying and trying, doing what the guy was doing before him, but he didn't quit. And he was very close because there was someone before him that kind of failed and failed and failed. But now he came in, went right after him and continued the process and found that reward right afterwards. So there's always a reward if you don't quit. Rather it be maybe the business that you're working on Maybe it may not be successful, but it may give you an idea on how you can pivot to use your business to do something else or create another idea based upon what you work or just a totally different idea. But now you have these experiences of what you failed at so that the next business, you know what it takes uh, to actually succeed. Now, another thing that I, I kind of wanted to to get into, it, it was a question that my, my brother kind of was asking me about. And I want to get go into it. He asked me, and, and I wanted it to be better where I didn't just answer it to him, but I could answer it on the podcast so more people can kind of learn from it. He asked me, what do you consider uh, is your track through life? Has it always been smooth? Or were there a lot of bumps or backtracking? And how do you see your future path to be like? So it kind of goes back to that continuous process of, of the failing. So there's a process in anything that you decide to do of continuously failing and succeed, failing and succeeding. And every time you succeed and every time you fail, you have to look back introspectively to learn what you did right and what you did wrong. So all the things that you did wrong, you need to break those habits and those actions that cause you to fail. And all the things that you did right you kind of have to microanalyze it and figure out exactly what you did. What were the key elements? Because if you just repeat the process and you don't learn anything from it, it may be working, but you need to know the whys and the hows what you were doing was working so that you can take that information and translate it into a different career or into something else that you want to do. Um, so in regards to, you know, what has been the track of my life? Anything that you do, life is peaks and valleys. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. There's no way around it. You're going to succeed, you're going to fail. But the thing is, the most successful people were the biggest failures. Because if you don't fail, you're going to learn more in failing than you ever will when you succeed. Because when you succeed, you're like, hey, and you just keep doing it. But you didn't really learn anything from it because you were already doing it. It's when you fail is when you realize, okay, that didn't work. Those are the times, the failures is when you really have to look back and maybe you don't know why you failed. And that's one of the most important parts about having a mentor or someone in your field or someone that's just very experienced in life in general. When you fail, you can go to someone uh, and speak to them and ask them, hey, this is what I did. And they can be, they can, they're on the outside looking in. So they can kind of see things that you don't see, 
the, the thousand foot bird's eye view. It's, it's almost, uh, can you see the trees from within the forest? When you're there and you're in the hunt, you're in the grind, you may not see the things that you need to see because you're in it. That's one of the reasons in the development world, they say whoever does the development, you write your basic tests, but there should be someone else who's doing the real tests on your program because you're doing it so much that you may not see the faults in the code that you wrote. Someone else who has to come behind you and kind of figure it, figure out exactly what you were doing wrong or those edge cases of something that you didn't see. So when you work with a mentor, the mentor can say, oh, well, did you try this? And you're like, huh. You're like, oh, well, when you did this, what happened? And they can ask you certain questions and kind of dig a little deeper and kind of pinpoint certain things that you may have noticed, but you really didn't think it was important. And it may have been that crucial step that is the difference between failing and succeeding. Um, in regards to was everything smooth? No, not even close. There may be a period of two, three, four, five months, even a year where everything is going perfect and you literally don't know how anything could be any better. And then anything could happen. Your car could break down, your, your, the washing machine breaks, the fridge loses power because it's old, the computer cuts off, you lose a file you've been working on for many years. And those things could have set you back. Whereas the things that, that was helping you to move forward are now stagnant because you have to focus on different areas of your life, rather be in your relationship, rather be with your kids. It could be anything can stop you losing a client. Um, any, any aspect can kind of drop the, 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 the success. You can have a, a product that you're releasing and there's a bug that someone finds and they add a, a negative report on Yelp or on Google and people see that and you lose a lot of your clients. There's so many different things in life or in business that can cause your business or the things that you're doing to kind of take a hit. And you have to figure out and learn from those failures and figure out what you can do next time to prevent those certain things uh, from happening. Um, so there was always a lot of bumps and there was always a lot of backtracks. So it's one of those things I, I don't believe I've ever had any bad moments. It was more learning experiences. Because anything that's ever happened in my life, yes, there may be a period of time where I get down to myself and it's like, oh, man, what could I do better? But very quickly, I've learned, OK, it's over. It's in the past. I can harp and spend the next week, two weeks crying about spoiled milk or about things that already happened. Or I can stop focusing on the problem and start focusing on solutions so that I can get myself out of the situation because being broke or having money, the only difference between people who are very successful and people who are not successful is the way they think. And that's one reason I'm, I wanted to do this uh, thought experiment, whereas I wanted to take a lot of my experiences from, you know, esports and from the tech world and from writing consulting and from mentorship and the 20, 30 jobs that I had when I first you know, came to New York all these different odd jobs from car sales and loan office to credit council and all these different jobs and see exactly what experiences can I pull from that can kind of help me in promoting my podcast, promoting my book, uh, promoting, you know, different things that I'm working on in the future, rather be 
whatever it may be. There's a lot of things that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on uh, in, in the very near future. I want to prove that this is uh, there's research that if you if you took a person who was a millionaire and you took someone who you know was just a basic nine to five that made you know forty fifty thousand a year that you know was doing okay but they weren't doing great and you gave and you took everything away from both of them and you made them start over within a year or two that millionaire would be a millionaire again he would have the same resources the same skill set he would know how to create a business he knows how the set thing, he has a mentality where I don't have anything right now, but even if I don't have an investor, anyone to give me money, I know how the system works, how money works. And I, I know how to learn from my failures and successes and create a new business rather than something I know or something I need to learn. I can take the information I have and I can be successful again. On the flip side, if a guy was a millionaire and another guy was broke and you gave both of them a million dollars, it's been a proven fact from people that win the lottery, they win 10, 20, 30 million dollars within a few years, they're broke again. So you can give, you can take everything away from someone who is no success principles and they'll be successful again. You can give someone who is not as successful and give them all the money in the world and they don't know how to manage your money and it's been proven that they will lose all of their money over time. So those success principles are something that you can take with. It's the one thing, experience is the one thing that you can never take away from someone. You can take away the money, you can take away the material things, but you cannot take away someone outside of, you know, some accident or anything that involves damaging the brain. You cannot take away from the experience that someone has. Uh, another thing in regards to, you know, those backtracking and, you know, where I'm going in my future path, there's a principle people may have heard it before called the 10,000 hours. To become an expert at anything, you have to work very hard at building those skill sets. Skills are something that you develop. There are talents that you're born with, and then there's actually skill sets. You can always be much better at your weaknesses. You may not be the Michael Jordan of basketball. You may not be the, 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 the Elon Musk of you know, the tech world, but whatever you decide to do, you can work on the skill sets and become much better than you currently are. So you can make your weaknesses more of a strength. And then you can take those strengths that you already have and build upon those with the weaknesses that you're making stronger. So the 10,000 hours is rather be reading the books or working the jobs or going on a computer and programming open source projects or, you know, writing poetry and speaking at different venues to get people's uh, responses on what you've written and learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing and basically getting a lot more information about how to be successful in the certain field by getting feedback from the professionals in that specific field. And after doing anything for 10,000 hours, and I don't mean just late lack of daisically, you know, going to a court and standing on the hoop and throwing up late. I mean, really working through the drills and figuring out exactly what you're doing wrong and learning the intricacies about why you do what you do. After 10,000 hours of doing that in anything, anyone can be an expert in any field. It's just a matter of how many people are willing to put in 
years of work on top of their job because this 10,000 hours does not consist of what you do at your job because what you do at your job, it comes to a point you're going to be on autopilot. So people become skilled after five. They use those skills between nine to five. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this episode. Um, just kind of want to dig through these weeds and kind of get to the roots of certain things that kind of helped me in my life, answer some questions that I have and some things that were kind of in my mind. So in saying that, I uh, just want to thank you for joining me for this episode of In the Woods. Be sure to sign up to my email list at moreinthewoods.com so that you don't miss out on the next episodes. Follow me at williammorethauthor.com. I'm going to be doing this Lost in the Woods uh, series every six or seven episodes. So what I like, if you've made it this far in the episode, is you know shoot me an email or uh, on my website, More in the Woods, or hit me up on williammorethauthor.com on any of the platforms and send me a question or concern that you might have, something that you would like to know more about more pers my perspective, rather be myself personally, or if it's a very interesting uh, question that's completely out of my league, I'm affiliated or connected to a lot of different people that I can speak to a lot of different uh, experts. So one last thing that kind of brought up, kind of had me thinking is, you have to make use of the resources that you have. Myself over the years, I've been in meetings with very successful people and people who are not successful, just across the spectrum. So even though you may not have access to that person that you need access to, there may be someone in your circle, rather it be myself on this podcast or someone else that is willing to answer whatever questions that you may have, that may be that one piece of information that you need to break out of the rut that you're in. So I'm always here. I'm willing to answer any question you guys might have. Ping me. Uh, my information is on William Moore, uh, the author, on uh, all social media platforms. Uh, I'm James Woods. Some people know me as William Moore. Thank you for listening.